Georgia, thanks so much for joining us for this face-to-face -face interview. It's great to have you here. Um, as we sit and talk, you are unfortunately injured, and so you're missing the Super League Championship Series. Um, but uh, I guess from your point of view, you've had tremendous success at coming back from some really significant injuries uh, in the past. Um, and I guess that must give you some confidence that you'll do so again. Uh, yes, I think so. I mean, people keep saying to me, um, it's the year to get injured, if any, uh, which I wish was true because then you're like, oh, does that mean next year I'll get a free ticket? No injury. Uh, but yeah, I think, like you said, I've come back from injuries before and usually you get injured, you learn from it. It doesn't happen again. You don't make the same mistake twice and hopefully it's the same this time. And it's really hard to sit out when you've got an injury because you think, oh, well, feels okay. Like I could just try a run now and maybe I could get back in a race in a few weeks. But I think I'm quite lucky that I've got such a big support team around me because they make sure that everything's very, they're very cautious. Um, maybe a bit too cautious, but like you said, it's worked in the past and I've always managed to come back from injuries. So I just have to trust that we're doing this process right. And yeah, this one this time is one I've not had before. So Usually I get a lot of bone injuries, which is rubbish, but also you kind of know the process of a bone injury. Like it was six weeks offloading and then you can start to return to run and it can be a bit more simple. Whereas this one is my first ever tendon injury and tendon can be a little bit tricky. Um, so yeah, you don't know if it's healed or not because it can feel good and then you try and go again and then it can open up again. So. Yeah, this one's a little bit more tricky, so I do have to definitely be careful with this one. Um, but I trust the team around me and we've got a good plan in place and I'll get a six week scan and we'll see how it's healing from there. And then after that, I can hopefully start running and building back up again. But the main aim now, as much as I would like to do races at the back end of this year, just because I feel like I just want to race, um, I just need to, get strong and healthy again and then hopefully I can carry that through the winter and get a good consistent block in over the winter and then obviously important year is next year and yeah qualify for Paris and then hopefully I'll be back in the Super League racing again. Well I mean you're you're already Britain's most successful uh, female Olympian in triathlon uh, which is a, just an incredible uh, a feat already but when you talk about injury and like previous injuries you, you're kind of career almost got curtailed really in its infancy, didn't it? By a very serious injury. Um, could you just talk us through a little bit about what happened and, and kind of how you managed to get through that? Yeah, um, so that was big injury that I had in 2014. So it was around about May time. Um, and I, so I would have been in my second year of university. And I think probably where I went wrong is I was trying to pretty much be a full-time athlete, full-time university student, and also trying to be a teenager and have a life outside of that. And that was kind of hard to balance. And you can balance it for a while and then it all comes crashing down because your body just can't do it. And I think also I'd just come out of junior racing and I was stepping up to senior because you, you do go to under 23 racing, but that's only for Europeans and worlds. So you basically leave juniors and you go straight into being a senior. And I was in Leeds and I was around like Vicky Holland and on Stanford, Al, John, 
all of these incredible athletes and you think, well, I'm a senior now, like I need to do the senior training. And you forget the age gap and the experience that they've already got and the fact that they've built that training up over the years. So I sort of just jumped straight onto their training thinking it was fine. And it was fine for what, nine, 10 months. And then um, I think I just didn't get my food right as well. Like I lost a lot of weight. So was like down to like 49 kilos, which for me now I'm like 57. So it's a lot of weight to lose. Um, so I just didn't get the balance right. And it was just, I kind of knew at the time that I was not very healthy, but I was trying to change it, but it takes a while to come back once you've sort of lost that much weight. So um, yeah, eventually like the inevitable happened and I got a stress fracture. Um, and that was in, so that was May, 2014 and it was about two or three weeks before I was due to do my first world series race which was in London at the time in Hyde Park so I was super excited for that and I got a stress fracture in my navicular which is um kind of a big bone in your foot around your ankle and it's not got a very good blood supply so it's it's quite common in endurance females but also in male athletes as well but because of the low blood supply the chances of it healing is a lot less um so i tried to i offloaded for six weeks um and just went in a boot and i could still swim at that point uh, but i was still kind of adamant i think when you first get injured you don't realize what what the future's going to look like you don't I don't know, in your head, you're kind of like, Meh, well, I'll be back in two weeks, which is literally what I thought. Like I got a phone call from the doctor and me and my friend were just on our way out into town for the afternoon because we had an afternoon off. And the doctor called me and he's like, uh, gee, you've got a stress fracture in your navicular. Uh, well, he left me a text message because I missed his phone call. And, uh, and I read it and I was like, oh, well, well that's okay, well, that's annoying. And then I was like, well, I've got a stress fracture, Heather. And I was like, she's, she was kind of more shocked than I was. And I was like, well, we'll still go into town, it'll be fine. And we set off from the house and uh, I remember getting like two minutes down the road and I just burst into tears because it just hit me. I was like, shit, I've got a stress fracture. I was like, this is not good news. So then we basically went back to the house and I was like crying uncontrollably. And then I had meetings and figuring out what we were gonna do after that. So we offloaded in a boot for six weeks, but it actually got worse in that six weeks. So it went from being a third through the bone to two thirds through the bone. Um, and it, that's just because there's a bit of a delay on bone. And also like me, I wasn't very, like my bones weren't healthy. I was, had osteo like porosis at the time. So and my, and my bones were just breaking down. Um, so yeah, basically we had to come up with a plan from there. Um, and so I had uh, the operation on my navicular. So I had two screws put in and like a bit of bone paste which kind of acts like glue to bring it back together. Um, so I still have the screws in now, but that was a lengthy process. I mean, I did six weeks in a cast and then I did six weeks in a boot again and crutches. And then I basically walked for five weeks, like just walked. And then I got another stress fracture in my third metatarsal. So then it was back in the boot and crutches for six weeks. And I just felt like I was just going backwards. It's like, when is this cycle gonna end? And then I finally got to a place about a year later where I was maybe gonna start running. Um, and then one of the screws started to come out of my foot so I could physically see like 
the outside, the inside of my foot here, I could physically see a little lump. I was like, mm, that doesn't look right to me. So I sent a picture to the doctor and he's like, we're going to get that scanned this afternoon. So got that scanned and yeah, they said that one of the screws was coming out. So then I had to go back in for another operation, have a smaller screw put in and the big one taken out. And then that one was a bit more simple. Um, so all in all, I had 16 months off of running. So it's a long, long time. Um, but like now, I think it was a blessing in disguise because I could finish my degree and I had other things to focus on. And I think such a big injury, you realize what's important in life. And I think before then I got so nervous for races because it mattered so much to me. And I thought it was the end of the world if I didn't race well. But after that injury, I kind of realized, oh, there's so much more to life. Like, mm. I love triathlon and I'm going to give it my everything. But there is also more out there in the big world. So, yeah, I think for me, it was probably a good thing. And I learned so much about my body and what I can and can't handle and where I can push on and where I maybe need to back off. But, yeah, it was a rough period. But then I came back after that. And it took a few years to come back because we were still very cautious. So I came back for my first race, I think, May 2016 um, and then I kind of did like three races that year and then I think three or four the following year and then I started to get into World Series races in 2018 um, and yeah I started to do quite well and I think it's just because I was really patient and as hard as that was at the time it was obviously the right thing to do. Yeah I mean it's interesting when you said that that you kind of you you kind of knew deep down that like the way where you were going at that moment wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. You were not in, in in a good place. But I guess you're you're probably in that environment and and that level of training. You're probably seeing huge progress gains in in mm -hmm. some of your performance levels as well at that moment. And you're kind of in. You're fresh. You're keen. It must be really hard. It's like it would be almost impossible in some ways to step back and go. No, I I need to stop. Sometimes perhaps you need something that actually just stops you. Yeah, exactly. And like, you don't want to get injured, but you do learn a lot from it. And it does make you realize that, oh, actually that was clearly the limit for my body. Like I can't push past that. And I think it is hard because for me as well, you, I was in Leeds, you're surrounded by so many professional athletes there. And you, it's like, you feel like you're missing out on the training and being there. So even if you're tired, you're like, well, I'll just push on, like, I'll just do this session, I'll go home, I'll have a nap. But might, that might be the session that is the the, the straw and it you just, yeah. it breaks. And I think, yeah, you do have to, it is such a fine line because it's my job and I have to push on and I know that I have to make my body hurt. But also there is a point where you do have to back off and let your body rest. So it is such a hard balance to get. And we all do it wrong at some point and we push over a little bit too far, but hopefully you learn from it and you don't do it again. Was there a moment in in that or moments in there where you, you thought, maybe I'm not going to come back from this? Um, no, I think quite a lot of people have asked me that because there was points where the team kind of said, like, you might not be able to run again after this because it's... Obviously, you're putting screws in there and there's complications with any surgery that you have. And this bone and the way that my body was so unhealthy, like the fact how I was like osteopenic at the time. And it's hard to come back from that because uh, you've like the damage is done then. Um, but I never personally thought that that was it. And I think when when somebody tells you like this could be it, it's over, you're more determined than ever to be like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like 
this is not it. Well, m- um, maybe that's a champion's mindset because I imagine that there are people, when you look at the general population, there are people who go one of two ways with that. Yeah, they probably yeah. go, oh, okay, fine. I, yeah. can't, I can't do it. And there are people who go, well, I'm actually going to prove you wrong. Yeah. And I think obviously I was the, the latter there. And I just, and I think for me, I was what, 19 at the time, 20. And I think I have, I'd always wanted to be a professional athlete. And I thought, well, it's one injury. Like this is the biggest injury I've had up until this point. So I'm not going to let this take my dream away. Like I, I can definitely come back from this. And the first thing you do when you get injured is you Google like <laughs> navicular stress fracture, who's had them and you want to know everything. And I think at the time, like Paula Radcliffe had had it, Jess Ennis. And I'm like, well, it's fine then. I can come back from this. And you're asking around so many people because it's like anything in life. You don't want to be alone in something. Like if someone else has suffered through what you're now suffering, you, as as awful as it is, you like want someone else to have suffered that as well so you can learn from it and go through it together. So yeah, I was like Googling all these things and you're like, what's like the comeback period for all of this? And you get all these ideas in your head. Um, and yeah, Google can be good sometimes, but also <laughs> it's quite, I think they say you're like, seven clicks away from death on Google, which is so true. So yeah, I, I was Googling all of that and I was like, meh, they've done it, it'd be fine. Like I trust the team around me, but I think they were just, I think they obviously wanted me to be able to come back, but at the same time they had to prepare me for the fact that that might be it, I'm done. But I also think like I, in life, I at least want to try. And because if I've got an idea in my mind, I at least want to try. And if I fail, that's that's fine. But I can be happy knowing that I've like I've at least tried. And then we put that away in a box and it's done. Like I gave it a go. It didn't work out. I can move on now. So I didn't want to just be like, oh, okay, that might be it. Well, never mind then. It was good while it lasted. I'll just do my degree and I'll go and get a normal job. Um, but I at least wanted to try and come back. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But at least I tried. Do you feel like it's helped you enjoy your success more? Yes, definitely. Because I think I, f- I kind of forget how far I've come. Um, but sometimes like people will remind me the fact that I had two years out of racing and I didn't run for 16 months, which is a long, long time. And at the time, you don't think about it. And even now, like I haven't run in six weeks. And if someone tells you, oh, you've got to have a week off running, you're like, no, <laughs> I can't. This is the end of the world. I can't have a week off. But then to think I had 16 months off, you're like, that's a long time. Like, that's a really long time. Um, so I think it gives me hope. Like, I've had such a long period off in the past. I know that I can come back from it. And yeah, even before, like, the Olympics for Tokyo, I had six weeks off running there. And I only had pretty much, like, like four to five weeks to get ready to to race in Olympic mm-hmm. Games, which isn't much. But when you've, when you've been handed that task, you're so much more determined because you're like there's a deadline like I have to get there and I will get there as fit as I can um so I think I'm yeah I think I'm quite good at like being rushed I guess also to get back into things like leaning into the games it wasn't ideal prep but I think I was quite calm and I think I always because I've had the injury of the navicular and it was such a big moment of my life and I learned so much. I think I'm also kind of prepared to deal with anything now and I'm more relaxed about it because nothing's ever gonna, it's not gonna be plain sailing in life. There's gonna be ups and downs. 
But if something happens, yes, I can be sad about it and I can have 24 hours of crying and not talking to anyone and be miserable. And then you snap out of it. I'm like, okay, get the job done now, Georgia. Like, what's the point in crying anymore? Like, what's happened has happened. Now you move on because I think there's kind of a, a saying like the past will eat you alive and it really, really will if you keep thinking about it. And you just have to move on. You're like, what's done is done. And then we move on and you get you you learn from that and you get stronger. I mean, that that whole uh, Tokyo, I mean, how, how long did it take you to kind of process what happened like kind of in the build up as you were talking about there to the games and then this just incredible success that, that you enjoyed and, and obviously the British team also enjoyed in the mixed relay. Uh, it must have taken a while to have come back home and have actually have sat down and <laughs> taken a moment to think, well, wow, what a, what a crazy period this has been. Because when you're in it, you're just day to day, right? Mm-hmm. You're just trying to do the next thing. Yeah. But that it must be really hard to process that. Yeah, I think it's weird because no one ever really prepares you for what you'll feel like after winning a medal because it's something that you well for me I've aimed for since I was like 10 years old like I had a dream of becoming an Olympian and and winning medals and you just think oh well if I achieve this dream like that's my childhood dream and I've got an Olympic medal and that's the best that any athlete could ever want is an Olympic medal and to have two of them and you're like well that's it then my life's made like I'm happy but to describe it to like a normal human it's like the lead up to a holiday and you go on that holiday and you have an incredible holiday and then you come back from the holiday and you're like oh well what now like I have nothing to look forward to so that's kind of what it felt like after the games like the big lead up and also for me it was such a emotional lead up because the uh, getting injured 11 weeks out not ideal and just the emotions around that and the stress of that. And also like the fact that just before we flew out, I had to do kind of a test run to see if I was fit enough to still be in the team because I hadn't proved myself, I hadn't raced all year. So I had to prove that I was still fit enough to race. And so the stress of all of that, and it just, it's not what you want leading into your first Olympic games where you're hoping to medal. Um, but I also think it was kind of, good in a way because I didn't put as much pressure on myself then. Like if I had had the perfect lead up, then I would stand on that start line and be like, I should win today because everything's been perfect up until this point. And I I'm, I'm, I should win because I've put in so much work. Whereas I stood on the start line, I was like, I will be happy if I have a good swim today. Like if I can make front pack, I'm happy with that. And I had to just think about it like that. It's like, Georgia, all you have to think about is the first lap of that swim even break it down even more to the first boy. If I can be in the top 10 to that first boy, I'm happy. Like that's, for me, I was happy with that. And it was my first Olympic Games, like taking it all in, enjoying it. Um, So I think it kind of took the pressure off me. Not, I didn't expect to medal at all. So to then cross the finish line in silver. And when I was gaining on Katie, I was in third at one point for a while. And I was like, a medal, like, I'm happy with this. I'm very, very happy with third. I'm going to stick here. And then I was kind of gaining on Katie and like, hmm, silver might be nice. So you just kind of tick over a little bit more and then I'm in silver position and I've got a gap and yeah, I just cross the finish line and it's weird emotions. Like I think I felt every single emotion at that point. Um, so it was kind of weird, but I guess the overriding emotion was just relief. Like it was done, like the stress of the build up to that race was so intense. And it's not just like that year, it's 
the years leading into it mm. and qualifying and everything. And even the COVID year and obviously the games being delayed, that's such a stress as well. And everything we'd worked for was just kind of gone because COVID came along. Um, so yeah, across the finish line, I was just relieved that it was done. Like I'd done my job and I'd got a medal and yeah, I was happy. And then after that, you're on cloud nine and it's just like, I mean, everybody, you love it. I mean, we're athletes, we love a bit of attention. So <laughs> you're like, oh my God, this is so good. Like everybody's congratulating you stuff. And then you kind of get home and it's still fun because there's like family had put on different events and I'm seeing all my friends and stuff. And and then you kind of come down after that. So you're like, oh, well, what now? Like we've got three years until the next one. Uh, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird feeling. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really strange, but... It took me a while to realize what I'd actually achieved. Like, yes, mm. you've got the Olympic medals in front of you, but it takes a while to actually realize what you've achieved. And like, I look back at pictures now and I'm like, wow, I did that. And like seeing pictures of us, like the team at the finish line when we when we won the gold and then me in the race, it just gives me goosebumps because I'm like, I want that feeling again. Like, I really, really want to have those feelings again. So, yeah, it definitely makes you hungry for more. But it did take me maybe a year to realize that I've, I'm actually like Olympic silver and gold medalist. Yeah, that's quite that's quite something. And you mentioned there that from when you were young, um, when you were young, you were wanting to to be a professional athlete. You wanted to go to the Olympics. Was it your your family who who kind of helped inspire you to see that? I know you're very close, like everybody's on the circuits, met your family and they're such lovely people, incredibly supportive of you and, and your career. Was it, were they kind of the, the inspiration behind that as well? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I think just not, not in the sense that they were pushy ever, because mm. I just, well, it's not my parents, so they just want us to be happy in whatever we do. Um, but I think I'd just grown up in sport and watching the Olympic Games and I just, yeah, I think I just, for me, I decided that that's what I wanted to do because my other sisters are very different. Like my youngest sister, she loves sport, but my, um, my one that's a few years younger than me and then the one that's older than me, they're not sport orientated at all. Like one's a nurse, one works like kind of in the offices and stuff so we're very we're all very, we're all quite different but for me I just love sport and I think it's just where I was my true self mm. um so and I think just the feelings that you get from sport uh so yeah it wasn't I don't, I don't think I ever my parents would have ever asked me like oh are you aiming for the Olympic Games I think it's just something that I really really wanted to do and yeah being in a sporty family it was easy because I was given the opportunity. I was very lucky to be given the opportunity to try whatever sport I wanted. And like I said, my parents were never pushy. It's like, oh, you can try this sport. See if, it, see if you like it. If you don't, we can try a different sport. And obviously they wanted us to be like active. No one wants their kids to be at home and on computers and stuff. Um, so yeah, we were given the opportunity to try different sports and then decide what was, what was which one we liked the most. So. Yeah, I just think I just really got a lot out of watching the Olympic Games or whatever was on TV at the time, World Championships, like athletics, cycling, swimming, anything really. We watched it and I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think hearing athletes' stories around like how they got there and 
the difficulties that they'd had to get there. Because one memory sticks in my mind was Kelly Holmes at the, um, I think it was Athens Olympics when she won her, uh, when she won the 15 on the eight maybe. Um, and I think we were on holiday at the time in Cornwall. And I remember watching it on this little TV and I just, I always remember that race. I don't know why, but I think just hearing about the buildup that she had, it not been the smoothest. I think she basically aqua jogged her way to Olympic gold, which is insane. Um, so I think it's just, I don't know, it kind of, it's always gives me goosebumps that the fact that she managed that and also how shocked she was, like she didn't expect it at all. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's been in my childhood just watching sports. I just knew that I wanted to be there. Is it crazy to think that there might be somebody who's hearing you talk now who is inspired in the same way that you were by Kelly Holmes? Like, here's the story, this person, that you know, she aqua jogged away to Olympic gold. You were, almost didn't make these games. Then you came away with a silver and a gold. Is it crazy to think that you are now like on that on that kind of platform as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, it is, it is weird and I'm always so humbled and I get messages on Instagram from parents and they'll be like, oh, you really like inspire my young girl and this is her doing her first triathlon and she wanted to do it because of you. And like after the Olympics, I got, um, I remember getting a message saying that this, this girl was learning to, it was off her dad or something and this young girl was learning to ride a bike and she kept falling off and she'd watched me race a triathlon and she was like, no, if Georgia can get back on after she's <laughs> punctured, then I'm doing this. And like, she ended up learning how to ride a bike and that just gives me massive goosebumps. And I just think I can leave the sport happy if I've inspired just one person because that's kind of what I would like to do. Because like you said, I was inspired by Kelly Holmes and so many other incredible athletes that if I can just inspire one young person to take part in sport and realize that any dream is achievable, then I guess my job's kind of done and I'll be, I'll be, I'll happily retire from there. But yeah, I get so many supportive messages and especially when I'm like injured now, it's so nice to have that support. And also people saying, oh, I've had a similar thing. Like, let me know how you re rehab this. And it's just the community, people are so kind. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. It's, a, it's an incredible byproduct of it. And I guess one of the things about you, probably why people connect with you like that, is you seem very uh, grounded all the time, very humble in spite of your achievements. Um, but I wonder as well, one of the things about you is you've kind of never wanted to generally go too far from home. You've been like up until recently, you've been quite a home bird, I, I would say. You've sort mm -hmm. of stayed in the area, which is we talked with Johnny and it's something that he talked about how important that was for him as well. I wonder if that's that's it partly as well, because you've kind of stuck with your roots, as it were. Yeah, I think so. And I think anyone, anyone that lives in uh Yorkshire's very much Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. <laughs> um, I don't know, I, I just love the training there. It's so good. And everyone's like, oh, there's burr everywhere else. But I'm like, no, no, it's not. I do love it. And yeah, the winters are quite harsh, but I think it makes us stronger. And I just, I am a home bird. Like, I always say I'm probably in the wrong job because we have to travel a lot. But I, I love going away. And obviously, I love being at races. But I always want to get home and especially to my dog as well because I wish he could, if he could come everywhere with me, then I'd be happy traveling all the time. <laughs> um, but he's not small enough. So no, I, I definitely, I definitely do think it, I don't know, it, it grounds you more if you're at home and I'm just in a normal environment. So if, if I was living abroad, I just feel like 
would always feel like a training camp and it's just too intense for me like I love triathlon but that's my job and it's like any other job you don't really you don't want to take it home with you like you have your job and you have your personal life and triathlon is my job and I love it but it is just my job at the end of the day and I don't want that to come into my home life I want it to be very very separate because I I do also want to be like a normal human being and enjoy normal things yes we make sacrifices to do the job that we do but I also do just want to go out for a meal on a Wednesday evening and not have to worry about that so yeah I think I think it's just I think we're very very lucky to be able to train and live at home because I know that most athletes around the world they can't do that because they don't have training bases and training centers and we're very lucky that we do have that um, so I definitely don't take that for granted and the support that we get from British Triathlon and Leeds Triathlon. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's just nice to have somewhere to call home and it's not an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's nice that even despite your injury to chatting to you now, you seem genuinely happy. I mean, it's kind of like, obviously, people have noticed on social media, you're in a relationship with another triathlete, Vince <laughs> Louis, a two-time Super League champion, no less. Um, <laughs> And yeah, you seem to be in a really happy place. Like it's because, you know, you've obviously had, well, not obviously, but you've had some, some tough times as well mm -hmm. in your own life, in your personal life, away from the racetrack. How, how are you feeling like now? How do you feel about life at the moment? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with where life is right now. Um, no, I think last year was kind of, sorry, I'm going to cry a little bit. It's okay. I try not to. That's okay. Take, take your time. Sorry. You definitely. Okay, go again. Just think about Alfie. <laughs> yeah, think about the dogs. That's it, good, good shout. Happy thoughts. Um, no, obviously last year was quite hard and um, I think it was around, well, it was around this time last year that was difficult with breaking up with um, Josh, with my ex-partner. Um, and I think that was, well, the biggest, the hardest thing was in um, Malibu because uh, that's when kind of everything mm. unraveled. Um, and up until that point, I'd kind of held it together. And I mean, things were ongoing over the years with Josh being an alcoholic and having like a lot of different mental health issues. Um, but I think I sort of used triathlon to escape home life sometimes, um, which is like it worked for a while. And it's like with anything like with the injury I was saying like you you go well for a while and stuff and then you know that it's gonna break down like it's gonna come back and get you and uh, bite you on the bum um but no I think with with Josh it was kind of hard because I was trying to hide it from everyone else but there's only there was only so long I could do that for before I actually did need help from other people and I think what I've realized is that I think I was I think I felt bad to ask other people for help um, because you don't want to put that burden on someone else. Um, but yeah, I think I did get to a point where I was like, I actually do need help now. Like I need to get out of this. Um, and so, yeah, in Malibu last year, I mean, it's, I guess if you know now what I was dealing with, then it makes sense why I kind of crashed out. And while I was just all over the place, um, and even the year before in Super League, like I had so many crashes the year before because I was also dealing with stuff with Josh and he wasn't in a good place. Um, 
And I like I try and hide that because I, I just don't think your personal life should be out there for everyone else to see. Um, but yeah, I think it, it did kind of get to a point where I was like, I can't balance this anymore. Like I have to, I have to try and look after myself. And I think I, for so many years, I just wanted to protect him and make sure that he was okay. And I think then I realized once I started to talk to people about it, they're like, you, like, you have to be happy. And I think now I've realized that all that matters in life is my happiness. And it took me a while to get to that place because I was always trying to make him happy or other people happy and hide it. And I didn't want him to like have a bad name with people and um, no one knows like the the real truth. So I just would hide it. And But now I think like I'm at a place where I finally realized that all that selfishly, all that matters, it's hard for me to say, but all that matters is my happiness. And I think that's the most important thing and what I've learned over the years as well. Um, but yeah, it was, I think after after Malibu, I just, like I was in such a bad headspace. And at, the, at that point I was still trying to go for the world title, but I just got to a point where I was like, I just don't want to race. Like I hate triathlon. I don't want to be here. I just, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk about anything. I just want to sit in my room at home and just, I don't want to see anyone, but I can't do that. Like I've got a job to do. Um, so I just had to, just had to plow through, but I knew at one point, like at some point that was going to come back and get me. And I, I did, I needed to be able to actually just switch off. And so that's why after I kind of got to the grand final in Abu Dhabi and before the race, I was obviously like pumped up and like, oh my, I want to be world champion. And then like morning of the race, I'm like, I just don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to do this. I, I don't care anymore what happens. Like, I'm I'm just happy that I'm, I've turned up today because I could very very easily have just gone, no, I'm not doing the rest of the season. Um, so I was just kind of proud of myself. Like, obviously I was upset that I lost the world title, but I was proud of myself that I actually just got to the start line and I actually finished the race as well. And I think after that, then I knew that I needed time away and just to also just time on my own. I think everyone, when you go through something like that in a breakup, everyone's like, oh, you need like people around you all the time and distractions and stuff. But I realized you actually don't, you just need to be on your own and you need to just cry and cry and cry. And it took, it took a long while to kind of get to sleep at night without just crying myself to sleep. But then, yeah, I think it, I started to chat to Vince and he was just like, he just really helped me through that period. And I know he was obviously going through a similar thing. He was going through a breakup as well. And I think it just, I don't know, we, we just were chatting and it was just a nice distraction and we just really got on well with each other. We never stopped running out of things to talk about. Um, and yeah, he just made me really happy. And I think just made me feel good about myself and lifted me up, which is what I really, really needed. Um, but it took a while up until, I don't know, like six weeks ago where I actually felt like I enjoyed triathlon again. Cause I just, I, I just didn't enjoy the sport. Like I didn't want to be at any of the races this year. And it was really hard to get to the start line. Um, but then I got myself into like a place where in my personal life, I was really, really happy. And also in sporting life, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to do this again. Let's go. And then I got injured and you're like, oh, like what more can I do? Like, I just feel like I've had so much bad luck. Um, but yeah, then I don't know, getting the injury part of me was sort of just like, maybe this is my body saying just that's it. Like this year is not happening. 
I've, I mean, I've not really had very good results anyway. So I think it's just like, this is it, it's not happening. And everyone said to me when this injury happened, like all the staff at British Strathland have been amazing. And they just said, we don't care how you race this year. Like all that matters now is just your happiness. And that's so nice to hear from your federation, the fact that they don't care if you're winning medals or gaining Olympic qualification. All they care about is just happiness. And I think that's having that support means so much because I know now that I'm happy in my personal life. And at one point, hopefully everything can come together, personal sport, and I'll be ready to go again. But yeah, it's nice to have like fire back in my belly and be at races and and want to be on the start line. And now I feel like being at Super League races, I'm really missing it and I want to be out there and race. And it's nice to have like me back again. Yeah, that's that's uh, quite quite incredible what you've just shared with us, Georgia. And uh, I think I think when we talk about inspiration in sport, I think people will will honestly find the way that you've just spoken more inspirational to more people than winning medals and just sport. That's that's about dealing with with life and dealing with difficult situations and being and being compassionate through it. I wonder if 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 you feel like that a little bit as well in, in a strange kind of way, because there's there's a lot of people who are dealing with difficult domestic situations uh, a lot of the time who are trying to be supportive, trying to do what they think is the right thing all the time. Do you see do you see a lot of that around you now that perhaps the outside world kind of is doesn't notice or is happy to turn a blind eye to other people that perhaps are in this situation that you found yourself in and maybe would listen, be able to listen to somebody who's been through it and is able to talk about it publicly and, and have a platform to do so like you are here? Yeah, definitely. I think when you're in that situation and I don't know what to do, like if you're living yeah, with how, a, how would you know what yeah, to do? Yeah, like right? I was... It's um, not a manual, is Yeah, <laughs> like you, you're young and... You like your partner is I was with Josh for eight years and mm. he's an alcoholic and at first like it starts small and then it gets worse and worse and worse and then it becomes quite unsafe for me like I was like when your life is being threatened then like you can't be in that situation anymore but when you love that person you obviously mm. like no I can save them like maybe I could be the one to save them and you do truly think that but I think at that point, when you're going through that sort of stuff, you want to hear other stories. It's kind of like what I said about the injury with the navicular. You on Google and you're searching for other people that have gone through that same thing because you're like, well, can, is the success to this? Like, is there a happy ending? Um, but I think, yeah, it's, you do search for other people that have been through the same thing and you, you hope that you will get through it. Um, but I think for me, it kind of took for my parents to step in and say, enough is enough. Like, that's it now. Like, when when my safety was, that's their main priority. And when my safety was, like, in danger, then it was time for me to remove myself from that. Um, but, yeah, I do think it's important to, it's hard at the time to share it because mm. nobody wants to admit that you're struggling. Um Nobody wants, especially, I think like, I don't know, in my head, especially an athlete, like you don't want to admit defeat um, and you don't want people to know that you're struggling because you're supposed to be, what, super like out there and racing and everything's going well. And 
I think social media is really mm. bad for that. Sometimes it's good and it's thinking bad. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And especially because as an athlete, you've got to. You kind of almost feel like you've got to keep face, right? You've mm -hmm. got to be. I'm happy. I'm running. I'm yeah. training. Everything's great. Yeah, and but I think it's important. From what I've learned over the past year or so, it's actually really important for me to share that story now um, and just be honest about it because it's not easy. But there is so much help out there, and especially like. If, yeah, if you are going through anything like that, then the, there are groups for like alcoholics, but there's groups for families as well to go to. So you realize that it's, it wasn't, none of it was my fault. Like mm. it is their fault and they have to save themselves. Um, and I think that's the thing I've realized, like I could do everything, but at the end of the day, that person, they still want to, ha they want to have to live and they want to save themselves. Um, and I can't change that. Like they have to change that. Um, so yeah, I think it's important to to be able to share it and also know that there is definitely help out there and people do want to help you as well. Yeah, and I guess dealing with like kind of what you were saying in the middle of the, the first answer there with the, you just must feel like the the, the guilt you feel mm -hmm. yourself, the guilt, yeah. you, it's not it's not your fault, but the guilt you are, you're feeling like yeah. for even thinking like uh, perhaps I'd be happier not in this situation mm -hmm. like but like if i go then then what does this mean for the person there that i still love mm -hmm. uh underneath it all that must just be like i can hardly imagine what that's like to deal with yeah i think that's the hardest thing because even now i think well what if i did that like what if i just did, did one more step and what if i contacted that person for more help and I think that will always still be in me um, and i'll always think well oh, maybe i could have tried a little bit harder um but yeah, I think I, I've realized more and more from speaking to more and more people that I did all I could and I did more than I should have done. Um, and there wasn't any more that I could have done to, to help him. Like I had to, I had to let him help himself in the end. And I think that's the big thing to realize. And, but the way that we are, that everyone is, you always blame yourself for yeah. something, I guess. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's like it's lovely to hear hear you feel a lot happier and you're a lot more content in life now. Are you? Do you feel like now, like do you feel like a burden's been lifted? Do you feel like now that you're kind of living in the moment more? Yeah, definitely. And I and I think also I'm. It's just things like I can. I'm more relaxed now, and I'm like I feel so much safer, and I can. I don't know. I, I can go out and go out for hours and not have to worry about anything that's happened in the house. Like I can go out for a four hour ride and I don't have to worry about who I'm coming home to. Um, because that was like a big thing. Like I don't know which Josh I'm gonna get on what day. Uh, so I could leave the house for four hours and he's fine and I could come home and then he's like locked himself in the room. And like that's that was the hard thing. I was almost scared to go back to my own house. Um, and I can go to races and not be here stressed thinking, oh God, I've not spoke to him for like an hour, like what's happened? Um, or is now like with Vince, I can go out and he trusts me and, and we trust each other. And it's just so much more relaxed. And I think I was in a like a very bad relationship for so long. You think that's normal? Mm. But now I've realized it's definitely not normal. And there is a, there is a healthy relationship out there. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's nice to to feel happy and feel safe and for me now that's the the biggest thing and then sport will follow now and yeah like I keep saying as much as I love triathlon and sport 
the biggest thing is just being happy in life and, and being safe. That's incredible, Inc remarkable bravery for you to, to talk so openly about this. And, and I guess now, like that's the past, but all eyes now for you, I guess, on, on the future. We are, we're, you know, we're near to Paris, um, obviously accepting the injury that you're, you're currently dealing with. Um, yeah, I mean, like, do you, you're, I guess you're just at the moment looking at Paris. Do you even dare to look beyond Paris? Like you look at like how other athletes have decided to go on and on. Like obviously Johnny is the prime example. Do you, do you start to, you know, you've been so successful already. Do you start to think about like what you could achieve even beyond? Yeah, I think so. I, it's hard because if you would ask me this at the beginning of the year, I'm like, no, Paris, done. Because just my headspace, I was like, yeah. I, I just want to get to the games. And that's not a nice mindset to be in because you shouldn't just want to get to the Olympic Games like, <laughs> yeah. and then it's done. Like you should be excited. To yeah, that to kid in you that wanted yeah. to go to the Olympics. Now you're like, oh, just, just get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but now if you ask me, I'm like, well, yeah, maybe I could go on after Paris. Uh, but I think for me, I just, I want to be in a place where, I don't know, I feel like, I want to feel like I've given everything to triathlon. And once I've got to that point, I'll leave because I don't want to just keep doing it for the sake of doing it and because I'm scared to enter the real world. I want to leave knowing that I've given triathlon my everything and I there's not a single stone left unturned. Like I did my very best to get to that start line in Paris and I did everything I possibly could do to get there and I have no regrets. And yeah, I'll see how Paris goes, but for sure after Paris, I'll have a good period off and try and just do some relaxing, normal human being things and then go from there. <laughs> yeah. But I've always said I'd quite like to try cycling as well. So I'd love to give like pro cycling a go and see where I go with that. But I know that that's not like a simple process. Like I can't just step into that as much as I'd like to. Um, I know that I've got to kind of start from the bottom and build up and hopefully get a team. But I would like... Yeah, I, I love triathlon, but I don't know how much more I can give to the sport. And I think I'll see where my head is at after Paris and after sort of a little period off and then go from there. Like if I think mm, maybe I could do another cycle or actually let's try another sport and, and give that a go and see where it goes. But I'm not done with sport yet, um, partly just because I love it. And I don't think I'm quite old enough to be finished yet. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm also like a little bit scared to get a real job yeah no don't don't yeah <laughs> don't do, keep doing sport honestly it's way better than having <laughs> yeah. a real job yeah well, i guess it'd just be nice i suppose that the thing is to to now you're, you're feeling better you're feeling happier life is really positive for you again just nice to enjoy the normal things i know you love going out and eating nice food yeah things like have a nice glass of wine just yeah. like, like what normal people are able to enjoy and do as well it's just yeah. it's just yeah it's just nice to have a nice life yeah yeah and i think that's kind of where me and Vince are at now, like both injured with the same thing, which you couldn't write. Um, so I think we're kind of at a point like, but it's been a stressful year, like with his injuries and then me just like, just not being in it and just like not wanting to be at races. And it's just been quite a dramatic year. Um, we're kind of just like, let's just go on holiday and let's just sit on a beach for 10 days and not move and just completely switch off, like no phones, just do nothing. And then hopefully we come back and we're ready to get stuck into like some proper rehab, some proper training, and then ready to go again. But I think it's important to just fully switch off from everything. 
Well, I think that holiday is very well on in Georgia. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I guess just to wrap up, we'd say thank you so much for joining us and for being so honest. And I think honestly, the way that you have talked in this interview and, and been so open, I really think that the, the legacy you leave through, through doing things like that will live beyond your sporting achievements. So like I great personally have great admiration for you in talking that way. And I'm sure a lot of other people will um, as well. So just like to wish you all the very best. Have a great holiday. Thank you very <laughs> and much. And a great rehab and whatever the future holds, just wish you every happiness. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.